48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. A former security official says the mainland has a list of fugitives it wants returned from Hong Kong. Critics warn the government's proposed vacancy tax will have little effect. And in Australia, the senior Catholic cleric Cardinal Pell is sentenced for child sex abuse. A former senior Chinese official has told RTHK the mainland has a list of more than 300 fugitives hiding in Hong Kong who it wants sent back over the border. The SAR government recently proposed an extradition law with other Chinese jurisdictions after a Hong Kong man suspected of killing his girlfriend in Taiwan couldn't be returned there. Tom McAlinden reports. Chen Jiamin, who was Deputy Minister of Public Security between 2009 and 2007, said the authorities have the name of every suspect, adding that they're wanted for serious crimes. Mr Chen said that when he was in office, he'd negotiated with SAR officials, including former Security Secretary Lai Tung Kwok and the then Undersecretary John Lee, over a possible extradition agreement, and that it was a pity that no consensus was reached at the time. He dismissed concerns that the proposed change in Hong Kong law, which would allow the SAR to surrender suspects on a case-by-case basis will affect the territory's business environment. He said the mainland's been helping Hong Kong by arresting and returning suspects who flee across the border and it's time for the SAR to start returning the favour. Democratic Party lawmaker Andrew Wan says developers will easily be able to avoid paying the government's proposed vacancy tax. He also said it'll have little effect on the housing shortage as the number of vacant flats has been falling. Mr Wan said new private flats left vacant for more than a year will be subject to the tax that will be double their rateable value or double their estimated annual rental. He outlined one possible loophole in the government plan. If, say, I'm the developer, in the 11th month, I'm going to rent it to my related company or just give it to my uh, employee to be the, the uh, accommodation. That is easy to get rid of the, of the tax. So I don't think this first-hand vacancy property tax is a very good way to control the market. The founder of Centerline Property Agency, Shi Wing Ching, says while the plan won't affect the housing shortage, it could encourage developers to set a more reasonable price. It won't increase the housing supply in long run, but it can force the developer to sell their property, especially those has already have the occupation permit, in order to avoid the vacancy test. So the developer, when they are selling the property close to have to pay in vacancy tax, they will set a price more reasonable that is sellable in the market. The government has opposed having new laws to help patients with rare diseases. Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Jung earlier proposed a bill for legislation to support such patients, including introducing a definition for rare diseases and a statutory subsidy scheme. The government, however, said it was not desirable to have legislation for something which could be achieved through an administrative route. It also said introducing a legal divide between rare and non-rare disease patients would complicate clinical treatment. A judge in Australia has sentenced Cardinal George Pell to six years for sexually abusing two teenage boys in Melbourne Cathedral 22 years ago. 77-year-old Cardinal Pell, a former advisor to the Pope, is the most senior clergyman ever to be convicted of child sex offences. Chief Judge Peter Kidd said the Cardinal had clearly abused his position of authority and trust, but he also said the Cardinal's advanced age and his ill health should be taken into account. I sentence you to a total effective sentence of six years imprisonment. I set a non-parole period of three years and eight months. That means 
you will become eligible to apply for parole after serving this non-parole period. Your release on parole will be a matter entirely for the parole board. British MPs have delivered a crushing defeat to the government's latest deal to leave the European Union, voting it down by a margin of 149. Addressing the chamber in a hoarse voice, the Prime Minister, Theresa May, said she profoundly regretted the result on what she said was the best and only deal available. She confirmed the Parliament would vote tomorrow on whether to leave the EU on March 29th without a deal and explained how this would be worded. I'm conscious also of my duties as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and of the potential damage to the Union that leaving without a deal could do when one part of our country is without devolved governance. I can therefore confirm that the motion will read that this House declines to approve leaving the European Union without a withdrawal agreement and a framework on the future relationship on the 29th of March 2019. If MPs reject leaving without a deal, they'll vote the following day on whether to delay Brexit. Dominic Grieve is a pro-European Conservative. What I hope will happen is that she will come to the House on Thursday, but there will be a motion which gives her the necessary approval and support to go and seek that extension. And then she needs to come back very quickly so that the House can debate the options that the EU are prepared to grant to us. The question as to how long the extension should be, a time to come to a decision, three months, might be reasonable. But if, in fact, we're going to implement that decision by further negotiations or holding a referendum, then we're undoubtedly going to need longer. The BBC's Ian Watson explains what happens next. Where we're going tomorrow is this vote on whether to rule out no deal, but even that's far more complicated than you might think. So through her croaking voice tonight, the Prime Minister said that MPs would have a vote on that. You would assume that would rule out a no deal entirely if the recent uh, voting behaviour of MPs is taken into account. But the way in which the motion is worded says that in effect no deal is still the default option unless it's replaced by an actual deal. So it is likely to be an attempt at least to try and change that tomorrow to make it much clearer. Lawyers for President Trump's former national security adviser, Michael Flynn, have asked a judge to delay his sentencing, saying he has more cooperation to offer special counsel Robert Mueller. Mr Mueller is investigating possible Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Mr Flynn was supposed to be sentenced last December for lying to the FBI about his contacts with Russian officials. He's expected to be a witness in another trial in Virginia. The US aviation regulator has distanced itself from the decision of many countries, including the European Union, to ground the Boeing 737 MAX airliner following the fatal crash in Ethiopia on Sunday. The Federal Aviation Administration said a review showed no systemic performance issues and provided no basis to order the aircraft to be grounded. These passengers, who landed at Manchester Airport in England, had these reactions. We didn't know anything about it until we until we landed, and then we were told while we were in the air that they'd actually grounded him. It was actually it was a good flight. It was a good it's flight, a but good it is in the back of mind. I was aware that it was involved in two fatal crashes, but that didn't sway my mind because I thought if there was something wrong with the plane, surely the, the, the aviation industry would have taken measures to, to ground the flights, which they have. Boeing shares fell 6% yesterday, bringing them 11% lower since Sunday's accident. 
U.S. authorities have arrested dozens of people over a scam to help wealthy Americans cheat their way into some of the best universities. Among those detained were actresses Felicity Hoffman and Laurie Loughlin. Prosecutors said a fraudulent company arranged for fake testers to take college admission exams on behalf of teenage applicants and for some to be recruited as athletes, even though they had no sporting ability. Andrew Lelling, the U.S. attorney for the District of Massachusetts, said the man behind the scam, William Singer, charged thousands of dollars. Numerous parents paid Singer between $15,000 and $75,000 to have someone either take the exam for their child or to correct their child's answers afterward. The BBC's Dan Johnson was outside the court in Los Angeles and has more on the story. This scheme helped children cheat at exams and roped in coaches who were coaching athletics at those universities to get other children in on athletic scholarships. This involves more than 30 parents, some of them famous stars, some of them rich business people. The prosecutor bringing this case said that it was wealth and privilege that ran through this list. And there are more than 12 coaches on the list as well. This is a complex case that will take a long time. The court process has only just begun. A spokesman for the Taliban says there's been progress in talks with the United States. Sahel Shaheen said they've made progress on the withdrawal of foreign troops from Afghanistan and how to prevent terror attacks against other countries. There is a progress on these two core issues, but still there is need for deliberation over the timeline and how the troops will pull out from Afghanistan and when they start pulling out and uh, on the details to assure the American side that the soil of Afghanistan will not be used against them and any other country. The talks in Qatar, which went on for two weeks, didn't include the Afghan government. The International Monetary Fund says Greece has entered a period of economic growth that puts it among the top performers in the Eurozone. The IMF said in a new report that Greece still needs to pursue reforms to ensure continued success. Greece was where the Eurozone financial crisis began in 2010 and it was hardest hit. The BBC's Andrew Walker reports. After a catastrophic decline in economic activity, growth resumed in the middle of the decade, although it was erratic at first. Last year, the economy expanded by more than 2% for the first time since 2007, and the IMF forecasts somewhat better this year. A programme of government spending cuts and contentious reforms was accompanied by loans, mainly from the Eurozone. Although Greece appears to have turned the corner, the IMF says it remains vulnerable and further reforms are needed. Washington's top trade official says the US and China are probably within weeks of ending their trade talks, but stressed a successful outcome isn't guaranteed. US Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer made the comments during Senate testimony. He refused to say whether the US planned to lift any existing tariffs as part of the talks, but did say Washington reserved the right to impose them if China doesn't keep its end of the bargain. The Monetary Authority has stepped in to defend the Hong Kong dollar for the second time in just a few days. It bought more than $3.9 billion this morning as the exchange rate with the US dollar fell beyond the weekend of a trading band. On Saturday, when the authority bought, sorry, on Saturday, the authority bought $1.5 billion, the first intervention since August last year. Currencies now, and the US dollar is trading at 111.28 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 12 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 27 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 28,752, 163 points down on the previous close. Turnover was $55 billion. Now, with the latest sports, here's Adam Jung. 
We start with football in the European Champions League, where Juventus and Manchester City are the latest teams through to the quarterfinals. Cristiano Ronaldo single-handedly helped Juventus overturn a 2-0 first-leg deficit to eliminate Atletico Madrid. The second leg in Turin finished Ronaldo 3, Atletico 0, a goal in each half plus a late penalty ended Atletico's hopes of playing in the final, which they will host in June. Ronaldo's first hat-trick for Juve was his eighth in the Champions League. That puts him level with Barcelona's Lionel Messi. Manchester City enjoyed an easy second-leg victory at home to Schalke, winning 7-0. It matches the record for the biggest win in the Champions League last 16. Bayern Munich had previously achieved that scoreline twice. The second time was in 2015, when current City boss Pep Guardiola was the Bayern coach. City progressed 10-2 on aggregate. There was an important moment for Phil Foden, who scored his first Champions League goal. Every time I come on, you know, I just trying to enjoy my football. That's the main thing, and just keep focused and keep trying to improve and um, just learning, and improving every day. And like I said, I'm just enjoying my football and trying to keep keep improving each day. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says it's mad to suggest that a Champions League exit could help his club's bid for a first domestic title in 29 years. Liverpool trail Manchester City by one point in the English Premier League and face Bayern Munich tonight after a goalless draw in their last 16 first leg. I really don't think that any other coach in the world or manager in the world has to answer this question when he plays Champions League. I really think that's that's really unique. That only happens if you are the Liverpool manager and the pundits come from Manchester United and and, and start these things. That's how it is. I only can say that we play this competition. You 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 ask us after the, when we went out in FA Cup, in the Carabao Cup, stuff like that. If it's better for us like this, we don't see it like this. We wanted to go through, but we didn't. And this time, we want to be focused on that game. And even if it would harm us, if we could not change it. Tonight's other last 16 tie is also balanced at nil-nil as Barcelona gets set to host Lyon. The NFL's highest-paid receiver has just been traded. The New York Giants have sent Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns for first and second-round picks in this year's draft. Beckham is entering the second year of a five-year, 90 million U.S. dollar contract. He's coming off two injury-plagued seasons and is a game changer when healthy. Beckham's addition boosts Cleveland's chances of making the playoffs for the first time since 2002. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam Jung. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. A former security official says the mainland has a list of 300 fugitives who once returned from Hong Kong. Critics warn the government's proposed vacancy tax will have little effect. And in Australia, Cardinal Pelp is sentenced to six years in prison for child sex abuse. The news from RTHK.
Oh 